What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast. We got a rap horn. I don't know if you can hear that. My name is Kyle Richards. Welcome to the Abstract Sports Podcast, where we bring sports back to life with a fresh perspective on the game from abstract yet popular angles. We're coming at you live on Facebook, and I will do my best to respond to comments as they come in. I have always wanted to use this rap horn on the podcast, and I thought, you know what? Since I'm not on Instagram or Periscope with the live stream anymore, I'm going to bust it out. If you want to entertain your friends, go download the app. It's called Ham Horn. There's a few different sounds on there. You can record your own. It's a good time. I, I use the ham horn often, so be sure to go get that. <laughs> um, so we got a lot to cover today, all kinds of sports, even sports that I don't normally cover, so it should be even a little more exciting for those who don't like the traditional sports. Um, but before we get going, I got to say a huge, very big thank you to my friend Corbin for helping me out with the last couple podcasts. He showed up last week, uh, that Wednesday, over the phone on the podcast. Um, we had a couple of audio issues in the post-production that I noticed, but um, I don't even care because the content that we came up with, um, being a couple of hours away from each other, I think it turned out really well. Uh, the guy has a lot of strong opinions on on sports, and it was nice to kind of get them to come out on the podcast. But not only him on Wednesday, but he showed up for the awesome podcast on Saturday. I'm super thankful for him coming and helping me out with that. Um, I hope that we can do that again sometime, and I'm open to having more people on the show as as we continue to grow. I know Charles is somewhat interested, and I've been talking to him, so uh, we'll see what we can put together. But that that two man show really went well; it was really well received. Um, from what I've seen or received, it was well received. Uh, from what I saw last, we we had reached like 1,700 people on Facebook, and we had like 130 comments during that live stream. Two great duets, yeah. Charles and Kyle, and then Corbin and Kyle. (laughs) A lot of chuz and cuz in there. Um, But no, it went really well, and man, I don't even know what to say. The video has like, last I saw was like 550 views. That means like that many people clicked on it to listen to us talk about sports. That is so exciting, and the fact there was only two of us, bro, I can't even begin to explain how excited that makes me. So Corbin, if you're watching or if you're listening to this later on, I have to say thank you, my dude. You, you really helped me out. Um, I'll be giving you some swag as well. Uh, before the podcast got started, I was saying that if you guys share this podcast while we're going live on Facebook, I will appreciate that. A few, a few shares can really go a long way, and the more viewership we can get, I'm, I really want to start doing some giveaways and stuff. You know, whenever there's a big event that rolls around, I want to give out a t-shirt. I want to give out some hats. My uh, Brad in the stream earlier was saying give out free tickets, and I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. You know, t-shirts are much cheaper than free than tickets to a jazz game or tickets to a your local thing. So, <laughs> um, but look forward to that. Feel free to share this on your personal Facebook. I'm not telling you you have to, but I really appreciate all the love you guys have been giving me. Um, so why not get some more? <laughs> but thanks to Corbin. On to some some of the more abstract sports. It's not really abstract sports, but uh, sports that I don't really pay pay attention to that much. There's been some big news outside the realms of MLB, NBA, NFL, um, but there has been a lot of news in all those as well. But Dale Earnhardt Jr. has finally retired from NASCAR. I know uh, Jason in the stream, he's he's a big NASCAR fan. 
apparently he still has two races in 2018, but his decision has been made. He is retiring. Um, and on sports center posts, like sports center posted on Facebook about it. And I was reading a lot of the comments on there. Um, because you know, I'm kind of curious about the sport of NASCAR. I don't watch it. I'm not a huge fan, but I know that it's a big sport when they do like Daytona 500, the showing for that event is enormous. And so I have respect for it because there are fans and I'm a fan of my sports, just like anybody else can be a fan of theirs. So I don't knock NASCAR at all. I, it's not my favorite sport because it doesn't Im- involve like a, a ball and scoring points and a team necessarily. Well, there is a team. I, I'll, there's definitely is a team. Don't say that I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> but Dale Earnhardt Jr. did a lot for this sport. You know, he followed in the legacy of his dad's footsteps. Um, you know, his dad uh, passed away in a car accident in NASCAR. And so the spotlight was has been on Dale Earnhardt Jr. all throughout his career. And part of the reason that he's stepping away from the game now is because he sort of sees it as uh, him walking out on his own terms instead of some um, outside force of fate that's determining his career choice for him. Uh, he's been doing it for a long time, like 18, 20 years, something like that. So, I mean, he hasn't been the greatest uh, driver either. He hasn't won like any big championships. He's won some races, but he's never won like a big deal. Um but uh, a lot of people in the comments of that Facebook post were saying that, and they seem to be NASCAR fans from what I could tell, but they're very worried about the plummet of popularity of the sport um, with all the recent retirings that have been happening. Um, so along with Dale Earnhardt Jr., you have Tony Stewart, Jeff Gordon, three of the biggest names in NASCAR that I know from my lifetime. Um, I remember watching Dale Earnhardt race before his son was uh, big. And uh, I had some kids, some friends growing up who were big NASCAR fans. So um I, I kind of do, if you don't follow NASCAR, I can understand what people are saying when they, when these big names are disappearing, it's sort of like a generation of NASCAR fans are, um, losing that chunk of excitement that they get every year when the races are happening. Uh, Jason says, when I found out that he was retiring, I was in shock a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he is young. You look at people like, um, uh, what's his name? Something. Yeah. Carl Edwards. And see, he's not a name that I recognize the other guys that I did, um, What's the other guy? Jimmy something Jimmy. I think there's a Jimmy in there. I cannot remember his name though. So like when the, uh, that certain generation retires, it's the fans have to sort of switch it up and, but you know, chances are they probably know every other racer out there and there's always new and up, up and coming racers. They start at a young age. So the sport's always going to be entertaining. Um, but you got to respect what Dale Earnhardt Jr. has done for the, done for the sport. Uh, along with his father and his legacy. So uh, some sad news for the NASCAR world, but, you know, at least he's retiring on his own terms, like he said. Uh, Jimmy Johnson, there we go. Uh, he's kind of an older guy. He raced till he was old. See, so Taylor Earnhardt Jr. retiring now is like him stepping away as a healthy man, you know what I mean? Um, I guess he was injured or he he was out of racing for a while, so he had some time to think about it. And I kind of relate that to Kobe Bryant when he went down with his uh, his Achilles injury. He got, had the chance to rethink what he wants to do with his career after basketball, and he he knew when the time was right. So I think it's just that kind of thing for Dale Earnhardt Jr. So beyond NASCAR, onto another crazy sport. Uh, there's a video that's been going around of this guy who bowls a perfect game, a 300 game in, in a world record time. Oh, Charles says, Dale Earnhardt Jr. felt like shaking his life up a bit and taking a right turn. <laughs> You know what? Yeah, I feel like that's what all the headlines should be saying. 
Dale Earnhardt Jr. finally takes a right turn right out of NASCAR. There's something silly like that. <laughs> That's a nice touch, Charles. I like it. Um, but this guy bowled a perfect 300 game in world record time of 89.6 seconds. 89 point something. I don't remember the exact number. That is ridiculous, man. I don't, I don't know how that record will ever be broken. I want to know what the record was before that. I didn't look anything up about it because I'm just like, that is impressive. Nothing will ever beat that ever in the world. <laughs> this guy basically at a bowling alley, he, I mean, it must've been a dead day or something. And he was out there and he had all the lanes set up for him. He started with one. He's a two-handed bowler. So he runs up and he releases the ball kind of like a, goes like this to get some hook on it. But um, it was really interesting to watch because he bowled, you know, one ball at every lane. So he had to have one, a different ball at each lane for one, you know, it's hard enough for me to get used to my own one bowling ball and get good with throwing that. But this guy threw 12 different balls or at least 10 different balls, 18 seconds, more like 18 seconds. What are you talking about? Uh, well, he, he bowled in one lane. And as soon as he let go of the ball, he'd run to the next lane, throw that ball. And most of the time he wouldn't even look back to see if he struck, he would just throw it and go. It's almost like a, I know that one's going to hit the pocket, so I'm just going to go to the next ball and try to get the best time I can. That was really impressive. He gets all the way to the end of the 10 lanes, has to run back and do the the other two frames because, as you know, there are 10 frames in bowling, but there are technically three spots for marks on the 10th frame. And so he had to run back to the first lane and throw the next two. That was unbelievable. And if I feel like the people who don't even bowl – they see that and they're like, how is that possible? But then you have those people who don't bowl and they're like, that's got to be doable, right? People have been bowling forever. That's probably a thing now. People bowl that well. We've, we're just so evolutionarily advanced at this point that we bowl 300s all the time. No, people, even me, I bowl in a league, bowled in leagues for a few years now. That is so impressive. Like the highest game I've ever seen bowled in person. I, know, I haven't seen a 300, but I have seen a two. 90 something i've seen a 270 something my brother bowled a 278 i believe and even that's exciting to watch you get to that last ball and you're like oh my gosh i don't know what to do with my hands do i act normal around him what do i do do i just kind of like talk to him like shoot the breeze like i normally do no it's like it's awkward because you don't want to ruin their their groove man but this guy's groove could not be interrupted perfect game in 80 89 seconds but brad it was not 18 seconds i don't know where you're getting that I'm confused. Um, if you clarify, maybe I'll respond. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are two really crazy stories going on in the sports world outside of the traditional sports that I like to talk about. Um, but I know some people can appreciate, so I throw it out there. But let's talk about some MLB stuff. Um, as you can tell from the title of this, I had a little bit of a fantasy baseball blunder. And I don't even know what to think. I'm still kind of depressed about it, but part of me is like YOLO. You know, kids are saying YOLO these days. You only live once. That's what it means for you older folk. Brad says he bowled a 104 in tourney. Yeah, that's what gets you kicked off the team, sir. (laughs) That was on our team, by the way, for everybody out there on the internet that doesn't know. No, that's okay. (laughs) Um. But in the MLB, I may have made 
Uh, no, I won't even say that. I definitely made a terrible trade in my fantasy baseball league, guys. Like, after it happened, I was instantly depressed. I'm like, what am I thinking? But I did it, and I'm trying to shake things up like Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'm like, take a right turn, man. Just got to take a right turn. But I made a trade, and here's what went down. My friend Drew from college, he proposes this trade. Let me bring up the guys that I got out of the trade. I don't even remember the other guy. Oh, there it is. So he offered me Nicholas Castellanos, the third baseman of the Detroit Tigers. Um, he has he has a 241 average, 14 runs scored, three home runs, 13 RBIs. You know, middle of the pack. I guess that's pretty respectable. Um, you know, one out of four times he's hitting the ball just about. But he also offered me, along with him, Brandon Drury, Arizona Diamondbacks, third baseman, second baseman, outfielder option. Um this guy's batting a 300 average, uh, seven runs scored, no home runs, but seven RBIs and a stolen base. And he offered those guys for my probably my best player, but in terms of like all the stats that are covered, he wasn't actually my best player. He was up there, but he wasn't my best. But it was former MVP Chris Bryant. He offered those two guys for Chris Bryant. And I have friends and family out there that are going to be like, what the hell are you thinking trading that guy? He is an MVP. He's a long, he's, he's an endurance type player. He's going to do well all year. Whereas these other mid round guys are going to flop and they're not going to give you any points. But I was just like, you know what? I'm desperate for change right now. Like the two guys that he offered me were better than the majority of my team. And one of them even better than Chris Bryant. And so my thinking was, uh, Drew being in first place, what? If, why not try and take two players out of his lineup that are doing so, have done so well for him, and and uh, and give him one of mine who's been doing pretty good for me. I think that that in that regard, I may have got the upper hand on him. But you also have to realize that guys are getting injured left and right, and I had some injuries, so I'm like, this just kind of makes sense. Um, I had just got rid of a guy and replaced a couple. But you can't always pick a free agent up to fill a position that you need and have that player be uh, doing well. So the positions that he offered for, I actually did need a lift, and I took it. And as soon as I clicked accept, I was just kind of thinking, like, if I accept it, I can just go back and say, just kidding, I don't want to redo, I don't want to do that. But no, as soon as you hit I accept, submit, it's done. The deal is done. And so as soon as I hit submit, I'm like, Oh my gosh, Charles is going to kill me. Uh, Becky is going to kill me. All these Cubs fans, they're all going to kill me. And you know there are so many more Cubs fans now than there were two years ago. They're all going to kill me, guys. I got rid of Chris Bryant. Yeah, but you know what? I'm owning up to it. This is me learning baseball. This is I'll probably learn from this mistake. But, man, as soon as it happened, I felt bad. Like, inside, I'm like, oh, the whole world is judging me. Like, everybody in the world knew this is happening. Um but yeah, it was a tough couple days there. Uh, it took me a couple days to break the news to Charles. And I'm like, Charles, <laughs> Charles drops a sad face. <laughs> oh, man. It took me like a day and a half to before I even broke the news to Charles. And I'm like, I may have made a bad trade with Drew. And he just says, yeah, never trade with Drew or John. <laughs> Those are two college buddies of ours. They're always trying to uh, get some get the upper hand out of somebody who doesn't know anything about the sport. And that would be me in this case. But you know what? Um, the way I see it with trades in any fantasy sports, the people who are proposing the trades are proposing those trades for a reason. 
they're proposing them because they think that they're getting a better deal out of it. Um, whether it's that or they're trying to get a different, a better player at a certain position, they're still trying to get an upper hand against you in the long run. So I understand him proposing this trade is a little bit fishy is like just from the get go, but not only that, but him taking my best player, he didn't take him from me. I re- I gave him up and you know what, Chris Bryant, uh, if it's abbreviated K Bryant, same initial name as Kobe Bryant. I don't, I'm, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm sorry, Chris. I'm sorry. I gave you up, but you should have been batting 350, you know, should have been batting 400. <laughs> um, but now let me go look at his stats. So I already told you guys about the two guys I traded for him. So let me go find Drew's new player. See if he, oh, he didn't even put him in his lineup. <laughs> he probably didn't even know that I accepted that trade. See, so I am doing some good for the league. I'm trying to allow, allow whoever's in second to get into first. And that is the fake team. So we had one team who didn't reply to the email to join the league. So we have a fake team in there who just auto-drafted. Um, that team is in second. <laughs> so with him not adjusting his lineup after that trade, that may have let the fake team take first. That goes to show what an auto-draft can do for you, boys and girls. Um, but anyways, Chris Bryant, he's batting 259. So he's bat. I guess he is batting better than the two guys that I got. Um, he's, he's better. Okay. I lied. He's better. Um, but I am so happy that he's on his bench right now. That makes me laugh. Um, Drew will probably never see this so he can never see me laughing behind his back. But if he, even if he does find it sucks for you, man, (laughs) Um, but yeah, so he's, he's doing pretty good, I guess. But the way I see it is I'm Charles says, I hate that fake team. Yeah. They're making us all look bad, dude. I mean, but then you have me who looks really bad. I'm in 10th place. I'm like eight, nine positions behind the fake team. So you're not doing so bad. Charles is actually sitting in, I think you're the Chinichi dragons. Yeah, that's you. You're sitting in seventh. That's only, that's a little better than me. I'm coming for you though. I made some changes. I've got a new identity on this team, (laughs) but yeah. So anyways, that was my fantasy baseball blunder. It's a little bit embarrassing, but you know what? I'm looking at the glass half full. Of course you're moving up. It's such a slow change. The first couple weeks I went, Charles says, I am moving up slowly for, for those listening on iTunes and YouTube and such, um, from seventh place, he's moving up. It is a slow move, but I'll tell you what, in that first two weeks, I was sitting in third place for most of the time, and then um, out of nowhere, I was in ninth, and I'm like, whoa, what the heck happened? What did I do wrong? All my guys have been in the lineup, they've been performing, and it's just because all these other players on other teams are blowing up, so, uh, but I do have to say that if you go to, let me let me pull this link up real quick, and I hope it shows up, um, if you go to MLB.com, they have a little ticker that shows... Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. League leaders in batting. Oh wait, they had, he's not on the list anymore. He was on the list. Okay. One of my guys in my lineup is, was on the league leader, uh, uh, leaders list for batting. His name is, let me go to it. His name is Zach Cozart. This dude is balling out. He's batting 407. That's better than Bryce Harper, better than Mike Trout, better than everybody. Ten runs, one home run, nine RBIs, and a stolen base. The dude's been batting really well. I have one of the top batters in the league. 
He's just not putting any home runs on the board or stolen bases. <laughs> He's doing well in all the other stat categories. So um, I do have a good team. I just got to be better at swapping them out. For example, if there's a postponed game, I need to get that substitution in immediately. Um, got to keep my eyes open for that stuff. And then pitching, I need to step my game up there a bit. Um, I mean, right now I have a relief pitcher in uh, for the Phillies playing in the top of the ninth. Hopefully he can get the save for me. That would be kind of nice. Um, and that's if he's actually playing. That must mean the top of the ninth just started because there's no stats showing. But anyways, that's fantasy baseball blunder. I'm embarrassed, but I'm confident, and I will bounce back from this. I am a resilient man. Uh, so on to the NFL. So the one thing that everybody's talking about in the NFL is it's the NFL draft time. Oh, I just about knocked my water over. Oh, that was scary. It is time for the NFL draft. It starts tomorrow, 4-2-7, April 27th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. It goes for three separate days. Um, I'll be honest, I don't I don't pay much attention to the draft. I do in the NBA because I follow college basketball a little more than I do college football. Uh, there's just so many teams to keep track of, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, there's the top teams you're always looking at, but um, it's just overwhelming to me. So I don't really know much coming, m- many of the players coming into the draft. I heard about one of the big guys. I don't know what the Bears are doing with the third pick. What is happening? Wait, they got the third pick? Oh, yeah, that will. I remember Corbin mentioning that the other day. You don't know? What are they doing with the third pick, Charles? I'm curious. I'll list, I'll, I'll uh, keep going until I hear your answer. But, um, but yeah, so the draft is tomorrow. Um, I know that there are, are a few big guys coming in. There's one big prospect who got – um, who, who had a negative uh, sample come in. I guess he had a dilute sample for his physical, um, and apparently that's bad because he's. it means that he's trying to dilute his system so that none of the bad things show up in there. Um, they claimed, his agent claimed that um, because of traveling, um, you know, flying and all that stuff, he uh, drank a bunch of water because he was feeling ill, like he had motion sickness, and so he was drinking water to feel better. And it made him have a dilute sample. So, you know, I, I wonder why he wasn't upfront about that. I don't remember who it was. Uh, Charles says, I have no idea. They could grab one of several players or trade down. It's a big enigma. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot you could do with third, a third spot. You can use it as a rebuilding strategy, which could be a Bears thing to do right now. Or they can use it as a, get a good player. And if he doesn't perform well early, they can trade him off. Something like that. Um, I'm not sure what you want to want them to do, but uh, that's a good pick to have. <laughs> Too bad it's not number one. But what's going on, Clay Dog? Clay just joined the conversation. Happy to see you here, my dude. But uh, besides the NFL draft news, uh, there have been a couple of running backs that have been in the news for some good reasons. Two veteran running backs, one of them's 32, one's 31, kind of in their older years. But they're making moves, trying to help some teams get some wins. And these teams are have always been, or not always. I'll just talk about them individually. How about that? It's kind of hard to make this story keep going like that. <laughs> so Adrian Peterson, future Hall of Famer, no doubt, signs with the New Orleans Saints. According to NFL.com, the deal included $3.5 million guaranteed in 2017 
and is worth up to 8.25 million with incentives and escalators. So the way I pronounce, uh, boys says Clay on Facebook. <laughs> Happy you're here, man. Um, so the way I interpret that is he's getting 3.5 million a year for two years, and then he can earn an extra 1.25 with incentives. And um, you know, if he does certain things, puts up certain numbers for the team, uh, he can get that bonus, uh, which is a huge bonus, by the way. So. Pretty exciting to see a player like Adrian Peterson move to a team like the Saints. The Saints have been sort of a, a running back position by committee approach lately, where they've had uh, Mark Thomas in there lately. Uh, who else? Pierre Thomas? Oh, man. I am, I'm blanking right now, but they've been a by committee approach similar, similar to the Falcons. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see a guy like Adrian Peterson with that veteran experience go in there and play with Drew Brees. You know, they're, they are a passing team. It's a passing league. And with Drew Brees throwing the ball for over 5,000 yards last year, it'll be crazy to see what he can do with Adrian Peterson in the backfield. That opens up the field so much more. I feel like the screen route's going to be way more effective than it has been in the past with his uh, outside speed. He can get, get past guys and be gone in an instant. So that's something I'm looking forward to. I'll, I'm probably going to write up a, an article about um, a storyline event for the – first game of the season for the saints everybody wants to see him suit up for them uh, it's a big change to the league but um then you have this other running back who's always got hype around him even though he doesn't talk that much but it is official marshawn lynch is back i know charles says that he's kind of sick of marshawn lynch uh but you know what i love the guy everybody loves the guy and he makes for a great story in oakland uh shout out bay area um he is officially a home hometown hero. He's a hometown guy playing for his hometown team, where his foundation is, um, for a team who's going to be moving to Vegas in a couple of years. So him being with the Raiders is super exciting for me as a blogger and as a fan because he is such an exciting runner. I mean, I, I watched a video, I actually posted the video up on the Facebook page for Abstract Sports today of Marshawn Lynch himself talking about the run that he put against the Saints. Um, and that's kind of coincident that we were just talking about the saints, but the run that he had against the saints where he just like broke nine different tackles, looked like he was going to go down about four times and has somehow happened to make it into the end zone. How's it going, Eric? Thanks for stopping in. Um, just talking about some NFL right now, but, uh, yeah, Marshawn agreed to that two year deal with the Oakland Raiders. Now the hotel hometown player, uh, I guess I was pending the results of his physical and it seems like that cleared because, I saw a video today of him behind the scenes going in, uh, trying on helmets and uh, meeting coaching staff and players and all kinds of stuff. And he's just going through there. And when, man, when he was, he was holding the helmet, he's just like looking at it. He's like, <laughs> he just starts giggling. Oh, it's so funny to see like such a big dude just be all giddy like that. He's like, yeah, oh my gosh, I can't, can't believe this is happening. Um, but uh, what's exciting too, oh, let's see, Clay. Clay says, Marshawn going to make Oakland happy until we move, then we will be sad. <laughs> I don't know. I, even without him last year, you guys had something to cheer about. So um, there's the positive in that. Uh, say it ain't so. Uh, see, we're up to 25 comments. All right. Doing pretty good for a one-man show, I'd say. But anyways, what's cool about Marshawn, uh, his, in his week one, the Raiders play the Titans. And my brother, Michael, he's been on the stream a few times <sighs> Oh my goodness. Cats are fighting. That's one cat comment. 
that audio is probably going to be in the podcast. <laughs> you have to listen for that one. Um, in the post-production anyways, but my brother is a huge Titans fan. And so I might have to try and recruit him for that NFL segment. Once the NFL season rolls around, he's not much of a guy that wants to get on the air and talk stuff about football, but the dude is pretty smart when it comes to the game. I mean, he, I mean, some will say that this doesn't count, but he plays a lot of Madden. And when you play a lot of Madden, you get to understand how football works. You learn um, the playbooks, you learn defensive plays and, and different setups. So when you're watching a game in real life, you can understand what's happening on the field. Um, one way that video games are awesome. But um, I think it'd be kind of interesting to get his input about that game. Because I know he likes to watch Marshawn run, but he also likes the Titans. So <laughs> that could be a fun one. for I'll, I'll be watching that with him so that we can enjoy it together. But um, then you have the Raiders homecoming uh, in week two against the Jets. Uh, should be, he should, Marshawn will get a warm welcome, uh, there in Oakland. So man, I cannot wait till the NFL season starts. And you know, I'm, I've always been an NBA guy through and through, but stories like this about cool players that are fun to watch on and off the field, um, that gets me excited about the game. Um, you know, Adrian Peterson, not so much. He's a pretty quiet guy off the field. He's had some bad things in the news lately about him. Um, but, oh shoot. I almost blocked you, Clay. I almost accidentally blocked you. Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to bring the comments down here. Uh, we'll have a good few seasons with Marshawn with his character. Yes, sir. I cannot wait for it. Um, heck, we should try to catch a game this year. <laughs> and that's me joking, half joking. At least you're close and in that area so I could just travel over. We can catch a game. Oh, man, that would be a, a good time. <laughs> But anyways, that's what we got for NFL. Pretty exciting news. Look forward to that NFL draft coming up tomorrow, uh, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, and uh, if you guys haven't shared the fa- shared this on your Facebook page yet, I've been kind of pushing that lately. There's a few more people in here I'm seeing right now, and I'm, I'm glad you're all here. I'm, I appreciate all the love. A few shares of this podcast can make it just big enough that will make me want to do a giveaway. I want to give away some shirts, guys. I want to give away some hats. I want to give away some abstract sports underwear. I want to give away everything. <laughs> I have to get those made still, but when I know is the right time, I will do it. Clay says, bruh, easy. We could take the tram. Nice. I'll just crash at Clay's place and we'll be heading to the Oakland game. I love it. Maybe we can, heck, <laughs> maybe we can go to a finals game when the Warriors are going to be there. And that is a smooth transition into the NBA uh, content here. (laughs) So for the NBA, we had some action happening tonight. Eric, Eric on Facebook says briefs are boxers. Oh man. I probably would have to go with briefs because the, uh, the logo wouldn't be as distorted in briefs. (laughs) Whereas with boxers, there's a lot of uh, ruffles and, and rustles and, and uh, crinkles that can happen. So, Definitely boxer briefs. <laughs> oh, boxer briefs, yeah. Boxer briefs. The the, lo- the ones with the longer legs, not the whitey tidy uh, setup, you know, a little bit longer. Um, yeah, got to have that logo stretched nice and tight across your butt. <laughs> uh, maybe that's not a good, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll rethink that. <laughs> but anyways, NBA action. Tonight we had a couple of games going, or we have two games happening tonight. Um there's one that already finished. The game started at like four o'clock my time, six o'clock Eastern, which is kind of early. 
but it was between the uh, Atlanta Hawks and the Washington uh, Washington. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm getting distracted by the comments. Washington Wizards. There it is. Uh, Washington ended up taking a 3-2 series lead. And a stat for you guys that's going to be important as we move forward in the podcast today. The team that wins game five goes on to win the series 85% of the time. That's a crazy stat for you, but that's one of those things where numbers really do mean it means something, especially uh, for a series. I mean, I don't think it's the case in this one, but uh, they just played in Washington and that was a game five. So they'll be going back to Atlanta for game six. It'll be a little bit harder for them to get the win there on the, on the road, but the numbers are against the Hawks at this point because they're, eventually they're going to come back to Washington for Game 7. They'll have that home court advantage. Game 7s are the highest of highs in the NBA. So, like, Washington's probably going to get that one, especially if we're looking at the numbers. Um, Brad on Facebook says, Ruffles like lace? No. Guys, this isn't an underwear podcast. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't have brought up the underwear. Just kidding. But seriously, I might, I might do underwear. I might get some abstract sports underwear and give them out to people. It'd be good marketing for some. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to reevaluate. We'll see. But then, uh, besides the, the Hawks uh, Wizards game, we had the Chicago Bulls at the Boston Celtics in Boston. Uh, it started at six thirty, my time. So it's been going on for a little over an hour. Let's bring up the score here. Uh, looks like it's at halftime. I'm going to click this link and we'll see if we get an updated score. I don't think it's halftime anymore. Uh, nope, it still is. Okay. So it's almost tied. It's Bulls 50, Boston 52 at the half. And it's game five. So that's in Boston. There's a, I mean, it's it's kind of even right now, but if they get the win there, the, that number will be, be with them as well going into game six. Uh, 85% of the time that team would win. Um, Eric, we will get to the Jazz in a second. Um, I actually think it's the next series, or it's the second series we'll talk about. So the first one, uh, as far as playoff action goes, uh, the Warriors and Portland Trailblazers, you all may have heard that the, Wiz- the Wizards, oh my goodness, the Golden State Warriors swept Portland um, in game three. Um, this is So I'm talking about the things that Corbin and I haven't covered since Saturday. Uh, actually, the night of the podcast we did on Saturday together, we went and watched the Golden State game out of, at a local watering hole. Uh, Golden State came from behind in the second half, go figure, um, to snag their first win on the road in, in Portland. And then game four, the Warriors put up 45 points in the first quarter. That is a franchise record for them in a quarter. I don't know if it's for playoffs or regular season or any game, but 45 points in a quarter is a lot, everybody. I need, I need some water. <clears throat> But yeah, 45 points in a quarter. That's crazy. I saw one meme out on the Twitter sphere of, uh, what's going on, Steven? Welcome to the podcast, my man. Um, but I saw one meme that was like, it captured the score of the that uh, Golden State game when it was at the highest deficit. And it was like 22 to three in the first quarter or something like that. And it just said, <laughs> rip blazers, <laughs> rest in peace. You're done for. And that was was true. They held that lead pretty much all the way to the end of the game. Uh, Damian Lillard after the game, he compared to the, the Warriors to the Pistons in the early 90s who were always there to beat MJ and the Bulls in the playoffs, which I thought was an interesting uh, situation because, you know, Pistons, are, Pistons and the Bulls are both in the East. And so 
you have two teams who are trying to make it to the NBA Finals, and there's always going to be like a couple of teams that are just so good that they're they always end up being the ones that are head to head in the East and what in in a certain conference, and sometimes there's one team that's just better than the other one for a few years, and and that's sort of the case. So the Pistons were able to beat the uh, Bulls out of the playoffs um, in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. And so Damian Lillard's comparing the Warriors to them. So he's sort of saying that, you know, us teams in the West who are not really uh, getting past the Warriors, you know, it's their time right now, but it could be our time soon because the Pistons had two years where they beat MJ and the Bulls in the early 90s. And then after that, the Bulls made it to the finals four years in a row or something like that. So um, definitely some interesting stuff going on there. Uh, You know, Damian Lillard's one of those guys who just plays his heart out all the time. And, you know, it sucks to see him lose, especially in four games that quickly. Um, but interesting comparisons he made, and they showed respect to each other afterwards. Um, I mean, obviously, Damian, say, he's saying that the Warriors are good, and it's their time. We can't – there's nothing we can do now. We already lost. So uh, Warriors will now go on to play whoever wins between the Clippers and the Jazz. Uh, let's see. Uh, Reyes says uh, Spurs to the Suns a few years back. Yeah, that's another situation. Um, and the the Raptors and the Cavs is another one in the last couple of years. Um, that could very well be the, the same situation this year um, where the Cavs or the Celtics are going to be going with uh, – will be could be playing against the Raptors. They're the three seed in the East. So um, the Raptors getting beat out that deep in the playoffs three years in a row could be a blow. <laughs> Uh, Clay and Charles say hi, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> she says hi. Uh, we have a guest appearance on the podcast. This is my wife. <laughs> no, she. I think she's avoiding the camera. She doesn't want to be known. Uh, <laughs> You're going to be an enigma? She's an enigma. Charles used that word earlier in the stream. That's weird. What is with this word? <laughs> um it is an enigma. My goodness. So, yeah, Warriors move on to round two. Clippers Jazz. Guys, for those of you who don't know, uh, me and uh, Corbin, who did the podcast with me on Saturday, my friend uh, Jacob, my dad, who's also Brad in this stream, and my brother Michael, we all went to game four between the Clippers and the Jazz in Salt Lake City, and it was mind-blowing. So I've been to several regular season games in my lifetime especially of the last few years since I've graduated college and had the, have the time and resources to be able to um, travel a few hours to Salt Lake City and watch some games. I've seen a handful of Lakers games. I've seen the Clippers play a couple times. Uh, we went and saw the Warriors. I think next year we've, we've got the Spurs and the, um, the Cavaliers on the books. So we're look, really looking forward to it. Eric says he's jealous. I know you are. I'm sorry. Um, maybe next year we'll get you to go with us. But uh, it was super exciting. So, I mean, when you get there, of course they have T-shirts and towels like draped over all the chairs so that all the fans can be wearing the exact same shirt. And if you know me, I've said this several times on this podcast, I'm a Lakers fan through and through. There's nothing that will ever take that from me. I was wearing a Lakers shirt to the game. And I, I had a jacket on, but I was walking around with a Lakers shirt on the majority of the time. And... Then they gave us these free shirts, and so I, I put the Utah Jazz shirt over the top. And <laughs> uh, Stephen Grizzlies, yes, we'll be talking some Grizzlies action here in a minute. Uh, we're going through the Western Conference right now. So uh, let's see, where are they? 
yeah, they're like the last one on my Western Conference games. So we'll get there. Um, great series, by the way. It's, it's It's been a great series. Hopefully it keeps going. But anyways, I got there and I, I you may have saw the post that I shared from the, the, uh, from the Facebook page on Abstract Sports where he says, go Suns. Yeah, sorry, man. They're not in the playoffs this year. Um, they're actually on the bottom right now. But, hey, they're rebuilding. They're probably going to get some good picks this coming year. Um, so you get there. and We, we went down uh, towards the court, and we just kind of uh, watched watched some of the players practice. None of the big names were out there, really. Uh, people like Wesley Johnson and uh, Raymond Felton and, uh, and Bob Mute was, out, was down there. He's kind of a bigger name for, for the Clippers. But I wasn't really focused on seeing any of the players. I mean, this isn't a series where I'm like – starstruck by anybody really um you know if kobe was there or something i might it might be a different story or or somebody like uh i mean i guess chris paul is cool and uh deandre jordan is cool but they weren't out there so i was just like you know what i'm gonna get some cool some cool shots took some videos of the arena and uh man it was so cool uh and so i shared those on the facebook page you have to go check them out uh give them a few likes or something but it was nuts. So the game, we get up there, we grab, you know, we grab a beverage, we grab some popcorn, and we go up to our seats. We just kind of wait for the game to start, and it gets going. And you know, obviously, huge, like, crazy lineup stuff, where, like lineup announcements and everything. All that's really exciting in the playoffs because it, it means a lot. Uh, this game really matters, you know. So the intros are like, let's go, They're getting the crowd pumped up and stuff. And then the game starts, and it's the first quarter, right? So in a regular season game. The game gets going. It's kind of like it drags on a little bit. They score points. You're like, yay, woohoo. And it's kind of quiet. But playoff game, man, Like, if you haven't been to an NBA playoff game, you've got to go. And it, I could only imagine if it was an elimination game. That was our plan. Our plan was that the, you know, we hope the Jazz would get wins two, three before we went to the game on, on that uh, Sunday. But, man, in the first quarter, they score a bucket. And everybody, even in the upper bowl, jumps to their feet and they're swinging their towels around all crazy. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is exciting. And I'm not even a jazz fan. And here I am like, woo, just cheering them on. It was, it was an awkward experience for me because I'm sure the people behind me could see the shirt through my shirt that said Bryant with the number 24 on it. It's like, this is not my team, but they're close to my hometown, so I will root for them. <laughs> I feel like I would have been beaten and dragged out of the stadium if I had not stood up when that happened. Plus, I would have been missing the game because I couldn't see a damn thing. So, <laughs> But it was a ton of fun. That, that kind of went on for a long period in the first quarter. Uh, and then even into the second quarter, whenever a three-pointer was made, players jumping up, and whenever Rudy Gobert made a dunk, you know, it's always emphatic. So uh, everybody freaks out, jumps up. It was a dang good time. And then halftime rolls around and I mean, the halftime show was okay. They, they beat on a bunch of trash. That's what I, I actually missed it. I had to go stand in a huge line to use the restroom, but they were beating on a bunch of trash to make music, which I can respect and I can appreciate, but man, I had to go. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Gordon Hayward, actually, he left the game after playing nine minutes in the first quarter. Apparently he had food, food poisoning. And so he played nine minutes and then he was out for the rest of the game. Um, and, you know, he was their only all-star this year. And, you know, with a <clears throat> in a league in the NBA this year, they did a thing where fans could vote for players. And it was a little bit different. And the fact that he got voted in this year kind of says a lot about his supporters in Utah. So that was really exciting. And he's one of their best players. So it was kind of kind of uh, 
unfortunate. We didn't get to see him play the whole game. But uh, Rudy Gobert came back. He was out from since game one, as you know, uh, with a extended or a hyperextended knee. Um, and he played in game four, so we got to see him uh, pretty much bring his team all the way through the game. He he was getting all the rebounds they couldn't get in game three. So he helped them stay in this thing. But while we were there also, or no, not while we were there, but in game three, the Clippers lost Blake Griffin uh, to a big toe injury. Um, still don't know what that injury was. They just said it's a big toe injury. It sounds like it just fell off. Um, I imagine he broke it or, or fractured it or something. <clears throat> so we didn't get to see him throw down any crazy dunks, but um, there was a point, like Brad saying, uh, DeAndre Jordan airballed a free throw. And if you know DeAndre Jordan, he's not a good free throw shooter. Actually, he is the second worst free throw shooter of all time. And that's next to Wilt Chamberlain and can't remember the name right now, but he's bad. He airballed that free throw by like this far, like two feet. It fell short and the whole crowd just laid it on him like airball. And that went on for another, I don't know how long, (laughs) but some pretty crazy things happen in that game. Uh, but in the in the fourth quarter of home games like that, the Jazz have this deal where if if the fans can help make the other team miss two free throws in a row, so a player goes to the line for two shots, if they miss both of those, they get free Chick-fil-A. And so whenever he went to the line, um, people were waving signs that were like, guaranteed free Chick-fil-A. <laughs> so... <laughs> It was really loud in there. And in the fourth quarter, oh my gosh. Like whenever they were on defense, the defense chant that happened, it was like defense. And then like for two seconds, you could hear the echo of the chant all the way until complete silence for a second. And then you say it again. It was like, it was the most crazy fan experience I've ever had. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I mean, seeing Kobe play for his last game in Salt Lake was exciting, but it wasn't at the same intensity level as that. So um, Brad says uh, Johnson was an animal in the fourth. That's so true. Joe Johnson in that game, he impressed me even more than I was with him before. Every time he just, it seems like everybody at his, so his his position is like a small forward or a power forward, but everybody he seems to guard, it's like a mismatch because they can't defend his strength. He's a big guy that backs him all the way down into the hoop about four feet away, five feet away, and just a turnaround floater goes in every time, like nothing but net and super clutch. I mean, he came off the bench and he had like 28 points or 29 points. That's ridiculous for a bench player. It's like, why aren't you starting this guy? <clears throat> so, yeah, needless to say, we had a ton of fun at game four. Uh, really excited we got to see a win because that just makes for a overall happy experience. And, um, Man, that was nuts to be a part of something like that. Um, But then uh, moving on to game five between the Jazz and Clippers that happened last night. I actually watched the whole thing. The Jazz led the half 46 to 43. And then the lead sort of teetered back and forth in the third. And the Clippers found themselves down in the fourth by about six or seven. Um, But they fought back and they made it really close. Uh, Eventually a double technical was called against Chris Paul and Gordon Hayward because they were fighting over a loose ball. Uh, but the Jazz managed to hold them off for a 96-92 win on the road in L.A. Um, oh, yeah, and Brad also, th- Brad here on Facebook, 
you know, it, it was at a crazy point in the game where somebody on the Jazz made a three-pointer. So ultimate adrenaline, you know, they're they're holding the lead and <coughs> they were holding the lead and they make a three-pointer. The whole place just erupt, erupted. And out of nowhere, my, my dad, who's sitting like two seats over from me, that's Brad, he falls, he falls face first down, down like the two rows in front of us, landing on people and stuff. Come to find out a guy two rows up was just like celebrating. He wasn't drunk or anything. He was just happy to be there. And he like tripped over a cup holder, knocked the guy, old guy over in front of him, who then knocked my dad down. And that is the one thing that scares me about those arenas, especially sitting in the upper bowl where it's super steep. I, I, that's a, that's always a fear of mine is I'm going to be the one tripping and like tumbling down. Like I'm crowd surfing to my death. It's really scary. So I'm glad everybody was okay. Dad, I'm glad you're okay. Uh, minus a bruised knee and, uh, uh, some shock, but, uh, you made it out alive. That's all that matters. Um, uh, but this playoff playoff content's getting heavy. All right. That was just two series we just covered. So on to Houston and OKC, um, while we were in, in Salt Lake, uh, what's going on, Dallas? Glad to see you're here. Uh, we watched. We were able to watch Game Four between the Rockets and Thunder while we were in Salt Lake. We were at a, a brewing, at Red Rock Brewing there in Salt Lake, uh, having some uh, late lunch before we uh, kind of went shopping before the game. And the game was really close, but James Harden got away with like a a huge like two arm push off on the on an inbounds play. It was close enough that if the Thunder could have stopped them on that inbounds play, they could have possibly putting up a shot to make the game even closer or tie it. So seeing that happen and have it not be called in the final seconds in the playoffs is blasphemous. Like, it really made me mad. Um, so Houston goes on to lead 3-1, and then Game 5, Thunder were down most of the first half. They took the lead in the third, uh, but Russell Westbrook went ice cold in the fourth. He shot like 1 for 10 or something like that. Um, he played like 42 minutes, shot terribly, and that's pretty much game over. But he's still the MVP, everybody. He's still the MVP. Don't get, don't let that confuse you. Just because they got beat out in in five games in the playoffs by the t- the team who has the other leading MVP candidate. Don't get it confused. This guy, as you know, 42 triple doubles this season. Only time that's been done since the 60s. Oscar Robertson. And then you have, he's the leading scorer with 31.6 points a game. That's usually the one of the lead factors that determines an MVP. Um, but he has five 50-point games, including three triple-doubles on those games. I think there's an MVP chant that needs to be happening. Like, I should have made another, instead of my rap horn, I should have had an MVP chant. Instead, I just have the rap horn. <laughs> but crazy series it sucks to see russell westbrook go down so soon i wanted to see that be more of a series uh between the two mvp candidates but it is what it is but then you have the spurs and the memphis grizzlies and steven here uh on the facebook stream he's a big grizzlies fan he's from that area um i could only imagine how crazy he was going when he saw marcus all hit that go ahead mid-range jumper leaving (laughs) leaving 0.7 seconds on the clock spurs lost they, they tie the series up 2-2. Um, but then again, you have to think about that stat I said earlier, that the team who wins Game 5 goes on to win the series 85% of the time. Well, the Spurs won Game 5. Um, <clears throat> they led it uh, like 55-49 to 49 at the half and uh, virtually maintained that lead throughout. I didn't actually watch the second half of that game, so I'm, I'm kind of making that up. 
but they did go on to win game five. So that means they go on to uh, San Antonio for game game six. That's probably tomorrow or Thursday or, or Friday. Uh, Clay says, ham horn. <laughs> that is true. I, I busted it out for this one. Uh, and then going into the east, we've got Boston Celtics and the Chicago Bulls. You know, this has been a strange series with the Bulls getting two wins on the road in Boston. And then Boston got two ro- two wins on the road as well in Chicago. So game five in Boston, it's sort of like a new series. And that's the game that's going on right now. I'm going to see if I can't refresh this page and get a new score here. Uh, second half should have started by now. Right now, the Bulls are leading six or not leading 64 Bulls, 65 Boston with about six minutes to go. Uh, in the third quarter. Steven says tomorrow, 9.30 Eastern time. So 7.30 my time. I'll be watching that Spurs-Grizzlies game. I'll be rooting for the Grizzlies. I want to see a different team move on. I don't want to see the Spurs in there. I mean, they have a really good team. They'll make the West super competitive when it comes down to the the conference championship. But, um, man, I, I would love to see the Grizzlies move on. So they, they'll have to fight fight for that one, that's for sure. Man, it got really dark in here. It's really dark. I'm going to go turn this light on really fast. Two seconds. Ow. I don't think that's even going to help. Oh, yeah, that's way better. Sorry, guys. Charles says, Marc Gasol, he needs to move on. Meaning, like, he needs to go on in the playoffs? I agree. That dude, he hit so many clutch shots this year. Um, and he's, he's still going in the playoffs, apparently hitting those in game three and whatnot. So I'm rooting for the Grizzlies. I want to see him go. Uh, but yeah, so the Boston and Chicago, (laughs) the Bulls Celtics game Celtics up one with five and a half to go. Um, keep your eyes on that one. Uh, then we go on to the Washington and, and, or the Washington wizards and the Hawks. We already talked about that. Wizards got game five. Uh, then you move on to Toronto uh, three seed against Milwaukee, six seed. Um, <coughs> Jason just showed back up. Let's see. Charles says, yes, further in the playoffs or out of Memphis if they can't go any further in the playoffs. Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe you and Steven could have a conversation about that. I don't know much about the uh, what the Grizzlies have, have going on, but I know that Mike Conley and Marcus Gasol are, they mean good things for that team. Um, but then you have people like Vince Carter who are old and probably retiring soon. So that might free up some space to get another uh, veteran player in there that can help out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's something to something to think about. So Toronto leads the series between uh, uh, with with the Bucks. Uh, game six is on Thursday in Milwaukee, so tomorrow. And the way the series has been, it could go seven games. Like Milwaukee was showing that they can beat these guys um, early on in the series. So we'll have to look forward to that Thursday game, see if they can't tie it back up. And then, uh, I mean, it'll end up in Toronto in game seven, which will mean I mean, they, they already have a 15% chance of losing <laughs> or, uh, sorry, 85% chance of losing. If we're looking at the numbers of in that, uh, uh, deficit of the series scenario, but you know, it's sports anything can happen. And then you have the other team that swept their opponent, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, sweep the Indiana Pacers. Uh, LeBron is now officially 20 and 0 in the first round, um, for the last five years. So he's made the playoffs five years in a row. That's a pretty awesome, uh, awesome feat to have conquered, but 
along with that, he's won every game in the first round in the last five years. That's impressive to me. So, yeah, you know, I think that one thing in that series, I think that Paul George's comments sort of separated himself from the team. Uh, he was in throughout that series, like Corbin and I were talking about, he was basically throwing his teammates under the bus for not giving him the ball in the final seconds. Players like former players like Shaq will say that, you know, it's an unwritten rule that you give the ball to your best player, but I think why not give it to a player they're not expecting or give them the ball first and use him as a decoy, pass it off to somebody else for a more open shot. But he really separated himself from the team and where he's already said that he, like if he's not on, on a championship contending team by 2018, he is hell bent on going to the Lakers guys. I think it's seriously going to happen in the off season. I see, I see Paul George going to the Lakers. Uh, I would love to see that the Lakers have always thrived when they had a star player on the team or at least somebody to build around uh, Paul George, I think could be that guy. And then you have Julius Randall in there. You got Brandon Ingram and you got D'Angelo Russell, three guys who can really make a difference in this league. If they have somebody like Paul George, they can pass the ball to and uh, feed off of. So man, I'm, I really hope that happens in the off season. That'll make me a happy NBA fan, but that's just me being a Lakers fan. <laughs> so that's what I've got for you. That's sports, man. Sports ball games. Uh, it's been a, a, a long stream. My voice is already shot cause I'm like hyper and I'm going up and down and stuff, but man, this has been a really fun one. Uh, so the weekly question segment, I kind of messed that up over the last couple of weeks and I apologize. Um, I need to admit that I really muddled it up because I already, I asked the question on Saturday from the Saturday podcast. I asked which NBA team will win that championship this year. And then I didn't really promote that question at all to get any answers to show on the podcast. But I already asked that a couple of episodes ago and it, I don't know, just, it wasn't, it's not the right type of question and Corbin, I'm sorry. I totally used the wrong question from our show. I had another one that was lined up, but um, I I read the wrong one. So that's a bummer. But then um, I appreciate uh, the suggestions from AJ over at Dapper Sports. He gave us a suggestion of asking which quarterback will get picked first in the NFL draft. And to be honest, I'm not really prepared enough to answer that question. And um, to be frank, I, I, don't, I don't think it's also in line with what I want to do with the questions on the podcast. I want to make the questions of the podcast be directed towards you all personally so that it makes you think inwardly about sports and how they've affected your lives in some way or um, something about sports that is more important than just the game. You know, things that go in line with the, the concept of abstract sports. You know, it's not about the game. It's about something around the game that's important. Um, <clears throat> Brad says, you're going to have to add horse racing soon. Two weeks until the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> um my family has always been big in the horse racing game. So I'll probably mention it. I mean, I don't know if it'll be a main segment because it's not a popular thing, but I will talk about it. Um, <clears throat> so I appreciate the uh, Dapper Sports and them suggesting questions. Head over to their, head over to their website, check out some of their articles. Uh, they're trying to get things going. But um Let's get back on track with questions that are in line with what I'm trying to achieve with the blog, all right? Something that reveals the human side of sports more than just a simple prediction on who you think is going to win or who you think is going to get picked first. I want it to be a little bit more abstract, per se. <laughs> um, and I honestly don't know where to go with this. 
So I'm going to I'm going to actually figure it out. Here we go. I'm going to go to the website and go to abstractsports.com. Man, we're coming up on an hour on this show already. I like it. Thank I appreciate you all coming through by the way. So on the website, we have a page that talks about our story um, and it shows all the different uh, categories on the blog, but um, it also has a, a category called the intangibles. And that's sort of like the, the foundational co uh, category of this blog. It's focused around the things in sports that matter in real life, not just in sports. So, you know, talking about things like discipline, confidence, focus, teamwork, leadership, attitude, effort, development, support, and sportsmanship. You know, all the buzzwords that your parents tell you about and your coaches tell you about as you're growing up playing Y-ball or whatever. Um, so I'm going to start using this category as a means of directing the question segment down a path that I want it to take. Because um, then I'll be actually sharing stories about things that uh, really matter in terms of our blog and as far as we're concerned. So one thing that I want to, I guess I'm, I'm going to talk myself into a question here. So one thing that I always mention when I'm telling people about my about this sports blog, and there I, I mentioned the intangible assets of the game. I had just I just listed those off for you guys. When I start talking about it, the one that I always say first is leadership, because that is really what makes a team work. Is there has to be a lead communicator, someone who keeps the team on track. Um, but then again, all these other things come into play too. You know, you have a leader, but you have teamwork. They, they go hand in hand. Like somebody needs to take control in certain moments, um, but the team also has to help you rally together the troops and uh, um, work towards the common goal of getting a win. So I have these put together in pairs, and so maybe I'll do something with that. So I have discipline and attitude. So there have been a lot of stories going on in sports world lately, and in the playoff season, especially like, you know, hockey's one that's in the playoff season right now, but then you have basketball. Um, emotions definitely run high in those games because every play counts. And, and I mean, you see it like with, with Paul George making his comments um, off the court have affected. They, I mean, we may not see what's happening in the locker room, but you can probably tell that it affected their team. Um, you know, they, they did give up a sweep to LeBron yet again after blowing a 25-point lead in, thir in Game 3. So, I don't know. There's, there's certain things on and off the court you can do in terms of discipline and attitude that can help your team win. And so I look at people like Russell Westbrook for the intangible of attitude because when he's playing the game, he has got his mind right all the time. That, that could also be considered focus, but his attitude is of an angry nature. And he, he's angry to try and get the win, and that's a good thing. So maybe the question could be something along the lines of this. In sports, I want you to like really, really think about it. And I will probably ask you guys after the podcast somewhat, sometime throughout the week, I'll reach out to some people and see if they have any answers for it because it's a little bit in depth. Um, but I do want to create a dialogue around this stuff because it's the stuff that I think is the most important in sports. So... When it comes to discipline and attitude, they're sort of like opposites of each other in in connotation, but they both have a positive traits about them that can help a team do well. So on a player level, a team level, organization level, I want you guys to think about like what kind of situations 
Have you seen in sports where discipline and attitude have shown themselves in the game uh, and they also ended up affecting the game? So try to think of a situation where discipline and attitude affected the outcome of a game or just in general, just affected the game. I mean, I already gave some examples. I'll come up with some new ones for next week, but that's the question I'm going to leave you guys with. How have, how have you ever seen discipline and attitude show up in sports and how did it impact the game from, from your point of view? So that's what I got for you for this question. Um, I don't have one to answer from last week. Um, I think Corbett and I already gave our predictions on who we think is going to win the NBA championship. If I were to answer the question I gave last week, but I honestly think it's going to be a re rematch between the Cavs and Warriors. I don't think there's any team that can pose a threat to either of those teams. So that's my answer. Um, some of you guys might have different answers, but um, maybe not. It is pretty, pretty cut and dry. Um, Eric says, what's the difference between a leader and a prima donna? Is this a trivia question? Or is this a serious question? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, as, I'm terrible at trivia. That's a side fact. Um, I think a prima donna in any sports league is somebody who's hyped up so much that um, they're expected to do well, and they think that they should, like teams. People are thinking they should be a leader because the spotlight's on them so much. But really, I don't think that's the case. <laughs> they, I think leadership comes with um, experience. That's one way I would describe leadership. It comes it comes naturally to players, but it comes with experience of you performing certain tasks that make you a leader of a team. And it doesn't like in basketball, a lot of people think of like Chris Paul being, you know, point guards are the leader of the team because they are the ones that bring the ball down the court, they call the plays, um they get the most assists, which means they're doing the most teamwork. They think they affect the game the most and sometimes they do, but I think leaders they take form in many different ways. Um, you know, people like Kawhi Leonard, who is a leader in terms of putting up numbers for the team and performing and uh, with, uh, with his team as under teamwork and uh, support development and effort. He gives his, his all. He's always trying to get better, um, but he's a silent leader. He doesn't have to do much. He lets players lead. He, he sets the example by the way he plays and the way he acts. So, I think a prima donna is something that's hype, somebody who's hyped up so much, but they just don't, uh, they don't have the experience or the, um, or the abilities. They haven't learned the abilities and ways to be a leader, especially with the team they're playing with. Oh my, that's a big comment. I, I don't, apparently, oh, it's serious. Okay. Well, there you go. I answered it. Um, <laughs> Charles said, I would say that a prima donna takes from the team with his strong personality, whereas a leader is someone that uses their personality. Man, why is the comment getting cut off? That's a bummer, man. I want to share this. I'm going to go find it. I'm bringing it up on the stream. Here we go. I have to click on this. I do not. I don't want the audio. I don't want the audio. So Charles says, I would say that a prima donna takes the takes from the team with his Strong personality, whereas the leader is someone that uses their personality to positively impact their teammates. I think that's a great way of you, of uh, phrasing that. Um, and so, I, I, you know what? I think that down the road, maybe the question section, it, maybe it will turn into something different, but I'll, maybe, I'll probably be asking questions um, going forward. But maybe we can also use the end of the podcast to talk about those 
uh, more crazy um, off the wall ideas around sports that tend to have more importance because they affect uh, real life situations, not just what's happening on a, on a basketball court or a football field or a baseball diamond or a whatever sports uh, venue you want. <laughs> but uh, anyways, guys, I really appreciate all the support. We had a great stream tonight. I think Corbin kind of helped me uh, build a build a good base o- over the weekend with the two-man podcast. Got some people to show up today that normally don't, which I'm super stoked about. Um, today, we talked about a lot of things, covered some Dale Earnhardt Jr., uh, guy bowling at 300 in under 90 seconds, which is crazy. And then you have uh, me making my stupid MLB trade. Um, man, a lot of NBA playoff content, and that's probably going to be the case for the next few weeks as the playoffs continue to go. Um, but that's all I've got for you guys. Don't forget to answer that question. Um, you can email your answer. I understand your answer could be a little more in-depth this time around because it's kind of uh, – you have to think about it. You have to draft something up and edit it. That's that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Um, so the question again was um, try to come up with some examples or some experiences you've had uh, where discipline or attitude in sports have shown their, shown themselves up in sports um, and talk about the story surrounding that um, experience. So um, you can email your answer to hello at abstractsports.com. We'll probably use your answer in the podcast next time. And I will uh, come up with some good examples next week that I've seen this, uh, maybe some personal experiences of how I've uh, witnessed these things show up in sports. Um, but uh, if you want to get involved with the, with Abstract Sports, I am looking to uh, bring on guests to the podcast uh, as we continue going. Uh, I mean, it seems like that was a very popular thing to do, and I feel like there's a lot of people out there that want to talk about sports. Um, and so uh, see you later, Eric. And Brad says, like a thesis? Like, yeah, kind of like a thesis. Um, it's sort of like sports theory in a way, uh, which I, I love to talk about. So, uh, but yeah, anyways, I'm looking for people who want to get involved with the podcast. I'm trying to streamline how that can, uh, how that interaction takes place, whether it's a phone call that I uh, put the phone into the microphone or or maybe it's a, a Skype call that I bring the audio in somehow. So just know that I'm trying to figure that out and I'm, I'm looking for people who are interested in getting involved. I know Charles is interested and he's going to help me test out some of those features I just mentioned. Um, but if you want to get involved in other ways, if you like to write articles or um, anything about sports, um, there's some helpful links in the footer of our website. Go to abstractsports.com. Um, and for you listening on Facebook right now, if you feel bad because you didn't have or you weren't on Facebook at the time of us going live and didn't get to get to catch the show. Obviously you can rewatch it right there. Um, but if you want to have something more passive or while you're at the gym and listen to this thing, <coughs> you can find this on pod, this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, pretty much any of your favorite outlets you can find when it comes to the podcast. Um, and also please let us know what you think. Leave us a review. If you, if you feel like, um, you have a, a review that can be a good feedback to us. I'd be happy to hear it. I mean, we are relatively new. This is technically our 10th episode, even though it's episode nine. Um, but I think things have been going really well and it's evolved already in that time. Um, I'm surprised I've done it 10 weeks in a row, to be honest. It's pretty cool. Uh, but please drop a comment wherever you're listening to let us know what you think about the content and the podcast in general. All feedback is good feedback. Um, if you haven't yet, if you're listening right now, if you're watching on Facebook, Please like our Facebook page, follow our Facebook page. Um, 
Again, if you're on iTunes, it's facebook.com slash abstract sports. You can also find us on Twitter where we post a lot of more, a lot more daily information about sports uh, and our thoughts there. It's um, our Twitter handle is abstract sports and that's with a K, but that's all I've got for you guys. I want to say thanks to everybody who came through the Facebook live stream. I think today was one of the best yet um, for a one man show. I do have to say to talk about some of the statistics Every time I've done this podcast, I get a notification from Facebook telling me that this post is performing 95% better than the rest of your content. And that tells me that we're continuously getting better. And I cannot thank you guys enough for showing up, showing your support, keeping a good conversation going, helping me fill in the gaps where I don't have information. Uh, That's what makes this thing fun. And um, I hope you guys enjoy it as well. But that's all I've got for you guys today. Thanks for stopping by and tuning in. I'm Kyle Richards, and you just listened to the Abstract Sports Podcast. We'll see you next Wednesday.